you were talking about uh, the Queen of the Dam soundtrack. And oh I, I, my god, I've been enjoying I, I, that so much. I always think of the scene in that movie where, like, you know, uh, Lestat he comes into the room with all the goths and it's like Jonathan Davis's voice just like hey, hey, yeah and they're just like, it's the most beautiful voice of ever I know and it's just, just his voice I know it's so funny why won't Sam you die Jenna. killing me <laughs> oh man uh, I'm cringing so hard like on my behalf <laughs> I love Jonathan Davis. I really do. But man, it's just for them to be like, it's the most beautiful voice I ever oh heard. It's God. like, let's <laughs> slow down a little bit. Anyway, yeah, I know. Yeah. Ooh. Poor Ooh. John. Ooh. I still You're have the CD. Well. <laughs> okay, okay. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. Hot cross buds. Super super. Oh my god. Uh, well, okay, last we... thing. Okay, one last thing. One last thing, and then and then we'll stop answering. Uh, but do you right. remember going to the corn concert and knowing every single word to oh, every yeah. single song? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, dude. Corn used to be like my fucking favorite band, man. Oh, me yes. too. Top shelf, top shelf. 19, <laughs> circa 1999, you know it. Hell yeah. Mm. Uh, still a guilty pleasure, though. I, I, I'll oh, I know. I'm sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. I'll still crank it up <laughs> secretly. Speaking of secrets, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris Weber. Here, as always, is Heather Weber. Hello. And joining us from Los Angeles, it's Caitlin Weber. Boy! Boy! <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest, Jonathan Davis. Oh my God. Hi. Hi. I had such a crush on you, and I was like, I don't know, eight. <laughs> hey, guys. You didn't know any better. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, yeah, today's episode is going to be uh, well, actually, the next two episodes are going to be very infuriating, very sad. So, just everybody strap in for these. On yes. today's episode, we'll be putting the Radium Girls under the pendulum. I am radiating with excitement. <laughs> we all are. Yes. yes. Uh, so, Kate, you had said you, you knew a little bit, but didn't know a lot of details about the Radium Girls. Yeah. I mean, I had done a little bit of research in college about um, what factory workers in the Victorian period were like exposed to, specifically like hat makers and dressmakers exposed to arsenic. And I know that during that time, it was just, you know, referenced and stuff like that. And I had always known that there were workers that had been poisoned by it, like Antiques Roadshow or whatever, or anything, or even like when I worked oh. in Antiques, people yeah. would mention that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Along with like things like death clocks and stuff like that. Just just the things that unfortunately claimed a lot of lives from their production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think, uh, Heather, you said you came across a few of the clocks that they worked on or uh, yeah were watch dials yeah radium dials are pretty common because there's millions of them produced so they're you know collectible you know if it, in any brand of watch like i think west clocks was like the biggest 
buyer of these radium dials and they're all over the place. I'm sure, the, I'm sure I heard you mention it too back in the you know auction days and stuff. Yeah, I know that they had said something to me briefly about it. Um, but like you and I were discussing, Chris, like it was kind of like a very vague explanation. You know, Radium Girls kind of has that like cute name to it. Oh, Radium Girls. I know. And like, um, collecting war bonds or some shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> and and really all they say is. You know, a lot of what these women worked on the radium dials and they died and they don't really expand on that. Exactly. Yeah. Tragic, terrible, sometimes very slow death. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like, that is a really good point. It's, it's, I think the kind of cutesiness um, of the name and it's like, oh, they glowed. Um, It really, it really hides how like awful it all was yeah yeah you know because i didn't know much about it either and i mean we the book that we read it's one of the few books i've read in a while that like every so often like i would want to cry because it was just so awful um, yeah i can't imagine yeah i got I emotional imagine. a few times myself dang i didn't yeah. yeah i didn't hear the details like individually and that's got to be absolutely horrendous yeah, yeah. i was I, yeah. I was listening at work and i had to be like don't cry at work don't cry at work yeah <laughs> so tragic oh I, I was gonna ask before if it leaves my mind can you still wear those things like are they safe to sell to people the watches well there there's a, such a minute amount of radium in the paint that it's i mean it's radioactive for sure but it's reasonably safe i mean you could own one and and maybe wear it once in a while and it'd be all right okay Um, so it's just nothing compared to being exposed to it all day long and then also like ingesting it and things like that i got yeah ingesting it yeah we'll we'll definitely get into detail about that but yeah yeah absolutely it's i mean the i mean day in day out exposure uh that these girls had yeah so uh before we get started i do i most of our information comes from the Kate Moore book, which is called The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women. Oh, my goodness. Shiny. So if you are interested in any of this, we would highly, highly recommend the book. It's it's fantastic. It's it's really well written, um, very emotionally engaging. Yeah. You know, it definitely had an effect on me. Um, and, and yeah, she really does her homework. And it's a fantastic book. So we highly, highly recommend it from us. Yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Book club, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess for you know those of you who don't know much about the Radium Girls, they were a tragic phenomenon in the early to mid-20th century when the radioactive element radium was at the height of its popularity. Radium was seen and propagated as a wonder substance. It was touted as having medicinal properties, which we'll get into a little more later. But, you know, the story of the Radium Girls... It has to do with watch dials. So these girls were hired by companies that specialized in selling luminous watch dials. Uh, and the women would use radium lace paint to paint the numbers on the dial. And this paint would make the numbers uh, luminescent in the dark. So, And this would be very helpful to soldiers during World War One and World War Two when they were probably the busiest they were. Because they were just putting out millions of watches for the war effort. Yeah. So almost from the beginning, the girls in America were taught 
painting techniques that encourage them to ingest small amounts of radium, which we'll get a little more into the techniques in a little bit. But over time, the girls began getting very ill and sometimes would die slow and agonizing deaths due to the radioactive uh, materials in their body. Yeah. So the story we're going to tell in these two parts, it's going to be a roller coaster ride of tragedy, frustration, fury, and horror. Um, it is about innocent workers dying in horrible ways, a society that didn't want to listen to the women until it was too late, a corrupt justice system that tried to refuse them justice, and a company that knowingly let these women suffer and die, denying responsibility in order to save their bottom line. And as the body count grew, the company showed no shred of humanity or, remor- or remorse for no. the things they did, which is going to be what makes it the most infuriating part of these stories yeah i heard that they had um i'm sure we'll get into it but i i I heard that they had like uh some of the businessmen and some of the people involved on the production end of things pretend to be doctors and tell them that they were wrong and crazy and stuff like that oh just as like a preview to to everybody everybody oh yeah how horrendous these people were yeah if you any yeah, any awful backstabbing, like just shady thing you could think of, this company did, uh, yeah. and these people, and these people did. Um, it's it, yeah, it's it makes you want to fucking throw things. It's it's just so awful. Yeah, yeah. I was just having these outbursts at work while I was listening to the book and like working at the same time. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> my office mate was like, "What?" I'm like, "This book." It's terrible. I think I was just constantly shaking my head, like, just the whole time. Like, I'm working on computers. I'm just like... (laughs) They're just like, their mentality was like, you're not sick. What are you going to talk about next? Your period? Like, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, honestly, yeah, and the sexism is a a huge, huge, huge part of the story. I I mean, it's, it's not one that's like super touched on. But it's always an element that's present, even if it's not oh, like yeah. outwardly noted. Yeah, twenties and thirties. Oof. Yeah, I, I mean, in the lawyer of one of the lawsuits uh, for the women, his name was Leonard Grossman, and he called the actions of the companies "quote cool, calculating, money-making murder," and I fully agree with him. Yeah, because it's exactly exactly what it was. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I guess we'll get started. Um, this first episode is going to be kind of a setup, um, a little taste of what's going to happen. The second part's going to be the really rough stuff, but this one's yeah. definitely got some some rough shit in it. So yeah, just a uh, little little note to everybody. Yeah, the second part's when all the dominoes really start to fall. So challenge in our part, are we going to be able to be funny? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, we'll I don't know. I'm just. I wish I was a. I wish I was a funny person, but <laughs> I just. I don't think so. Oh. You're. You're very. That's, that's why you're on this. Besides being our sister, you're just, <laughs> <laughs> you are funny. <laughs> it'll be a challenge. Yeah, it'll be. So, uh, yeah, Heather, do you want to start us off? Yes. So this is the beginning. In the late 19th century, a chemist and physicist named Marie Curie, along with her husband Pierre, discovered the element radium while studying pitchblende, a type of uranium ore. They removed the uranium from the ore, but found that the remains were still radioactive. 
When they separated these radioactive remains out, the material's radiation was three million times greater than the radiation given off by uranium. Radium is a radioactive chemical element. According to the EPA's website, it exists in trace levels in rocks, soil, water, and even plants and animals. Oh my but, God, get it off me! <laughs> I know. <laughs> but these are very, very low levels. It is also the heaviest alkaline earth metal, such as magnesium, barium, and calcium. And the calcium uh, connection will be uh, very important. That blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, dude, uh, we, me and M and I went camping in Utah and we came across this abandoned mine from the late 1800s and it was oh, a, yeah. a, a uranium mine. Whoa. And they had it completely Uh-oh. barred off and we were like, do not go in here. The, the air is still dangerous. Um, like wow. going inside the mine is still dangerous. God, um, even being weird, I'm sure. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. Do you feel toxic adventure right now? <laughs> oh I do God. feel I do feel soupy, but I think it's because it's hot in here. Can I get a Britney? <laughs> I'm going to listen to Toxic on repeat after this. So there are 34 known radium isotopes, quote, depending on the number of neutrons in its makeup. The most stable and dangerous is radium-226, which has a half-life of around 1,600 years. This means that it takes 1,600 years for the radioactivity of the radium to diminish to half of its strength. Another isotope form is radium-228, which has a half-life of six years. And this, th- and this kind... Is... Oh, sorry. Uh, and that's crazy because... It's it's you never know when like if you start getting the poisoning from radium you never know really when it's going to start affecting you. Yeah. You know, for some some girls it happened very quickly and for others they wouldn't I mean they would still live for decades but yeah nothing uh, to show for would it really slowly yeah I mean it would slowly manifest but you know yeah it's, that's what yeah it's just with that with that long half life it could really come at any only, time. If only we had Aaron Brockovich back on the case in the day. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple right. Aaron Brockoviches in, in this story. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. There's some good dudes that come up. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Brian Brockovich. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Some good dudes. Lawyers, surprisingly. Yeah, right? Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, I thought it was just doctors. <laughs> so the radium-228 is also known as mesothorium. Um, in the earliest 20th century... I said earliest 20th. In the earliest 20th century. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you have to get up earliest, sister? <laughs> All the timeth. <laughs> <laughs> so weaketh. <laughs> I hear that. Woo. <laughs> so, in the early 20th century... Many were becoming aware of the dangers of radium, but the industry seemed to either be deaf, dumb, or blind to the new studies being published. Marie Curie herself would die in 1934 from severe damage to her bone marrow, seemingly from the effects of working with radium and other radioactive substances for decades. Yeah, it's crazy because a lot of people who first work with radium end up, um, you know, dying 
normally from mm-hmm. from just dealing with it so much. Well, and yeah. I've heard that one percent of all naturally caught co- well, naturally causing cancer um, that get that you get in the body one percent is bone. So like maybe even less than that. Like bone cancer is very rare. Yeah. And for all of these people to get it at the same time, that's that's insanity. Yeah, it's uh, it's that's it's what crazy. We call a red flag. Yeah, because yes. mm-hmm. that was happening, right? You had like these different symptoms happening in with different girls working in the same studios, and only like a maybe a handful of doctors or professionals were like, "Something's weird here," and yeah. everybody else is like, "No, nah, they're all just sluts. Like they're all just yeah. they all just have oh, syphilis." Yes. Yes. Yeah, some shit like that. It's it's Ugh. fucking crazy. So yeah, I guess we'll kind of now we'll take it from the 1910s, which is going to be really when the whole production and the women working in the studios begins. So in 1917, United States Radium Corporation, which we'll call USRC from here on out, um, okay. they began employing young girls and women in New Jersey to hand paint watch dials with a radium based paint. You know, they hired them because their hands were smaller and they were more nimble. So that's why it was younger women and girls, because their hands were ideal for the job. Yeah. You see these sausages? Yeah. Yeah. See these sausages? I can't. I'm not going to be able to. (laughs) I know. Look at these things. (laughs) I do have big hands for my my height. Because I'm like, I'm short, but I have big hands. Itty hands. You do. I've got really... (laughs) strangely big hands for myself are you are you a watch dial painter uh i paint <laughs> miniatures uh thank you very much oh that's true <laughs> so it was considered a glamorous job and was highly coveted and sought after um and it was seen as enjoyable work as well it paid more than your average job uh which was also a draw for the young women and of course they would be working with radium the wonder substance so USRC hired women and girls from age 15 to early and mid-20s, and they were paid by the dial, not the hour. So the faster they painted and the more watches they painted, they could make more money. So you could make around 40000 a year in today's money, which, you know, it's, I mean, that's definitely yeah. lower. But I mean, if Absolutely. you're a sing- single or younger woman, that's a fuckload of money. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... With this kind of money, they could afford to help support their families, buy fine clothes, furs, and really whatever else they wanted. Um, and this was unusual. This was an unusual luxury for young women at the time. And because it was seen as such an incredible career opportunity, uh, many of the women employed also brought on their family members and friends. So sometimes entire families of women would work side by side in these studios, sometimes for years. Do you imagine? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, what comes yeah, up in I, the future and just blaming it, yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, well, I mean, as, as we'll see, I mean, like sometimes just like sisters will just drop like flies. Yeah. Just, just one after the, the other. Just think of the course of a life and it's just like, if there's anything like fate or anything like that, it's like you have this wonderful time, but then you're like a mouse caught in a mouse trap and that's it. You're done. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's kind of a honeypot situation, right? I mean it's it's they're luring all these women in with like I mean, good money, uh good prospects, a a career. Um you know, it's you're working with other women. Um, you know, a lot of these women had really close relationships with each other. 
Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, and that's how they kept them there a lot of times, even when they were getting sick. Yeah. So because the women worked with radium powder mixed in with paint, many of the women would leave at the end of the day glowing where the powder or the paint had gotten on them. So they thought this greenish glow was was just super awesome. Yeah. Um, they would playfully apply it to their lips or eyebrows or some would even put it on their teeth to give their smile like a like I'm going to knock them dead girls with this smile. Yeah. As they had been told, radium was not only safe, but good for you. Radium had been used to treat cancerous tumors and diseased tissue, ultimately burning them away. And after that discovery, radium medicines, tonics, and beauty products were being sold all over the country. I remember that from the, my research in college of like beauty stuff and like arsenic-based things and and um, yeah, it was all lead poisoning and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, lead poisoning is another. I mean we're still dealing with the fallout from that today, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, just poisonous cosmetics to everyone's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and as far as the medicines go, you know, they told people in huge advertising campaigns that it could reverse aging, that it could stimulate bone marrow to produce more red blood cells, which helps your immunity, uh, that it could act as a stimulant, help with arthritis, high blood pressure, and I mean, just so many other benefits were cited in these ad campaigns. Did we mention it's opposite day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you didn't read the fine print. Like, didn't read the fine print. So people could get it administered intravenously uh, in a pill form, or you could even buy a jar lined with radium uh, radium to infuse your water with it. So you had like radium tonic or it's just radium water. Yeah. But again, you know, all these things have really minute uh, amounts in them. Or sometimes not even at all, right? They're just saying there's radio in it. it was expensive, wasn't it? Oh, it's fucking super expensive. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll just get to that in a minute. So early on, the girls were taught to use a technique for painting small numbers on the dial with their fine paintbrushes. Kate Moore called it the lip dip paint technique, but it was also known as lip pointing. So the girls would dip their brush into the radium paint then place the tip of the brush in their mouth and twirl it between their lips, making a fine pointed brush tip. And this helped to this helped them to paint the fine small numbers with precision and make less mistakes and have like less runoff. So and as we were saying, radium was extremely expensive back then. A gram could go for as much as two point two million dollars in today's money. Wow. So not wasting the precious element was of utmost importance to the company. And you know, all this lip pointing, of course, had a tragic consequence. The women ingested small amounts of radium each time they lip pointed, which could be hundreds of times a day, sometimes for years. And in their quest for doing more work and thus making more money, they would often also eat their lunch at their desk right next to the radium paint, which most likely was still on their hands. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it's just like all the things that could go wrong. Um with handling this material, I mean, they just, uh, uh, you couldn't handle it any, in any worse possible way, unless you were just straight up. I think actually one of the foreman ladies was trying to show how safe it was. And she like ate some, like a big thing of paint just off this like spatula. I don't know if it was actually radium paint. She might've just like been like, no, totally, totally fine. It had no radium, but 
Um, I don't know. They just the, the carelessness is is just. And then her jaw just falls off, like right there. Okay, I count it high. Jaw dropping. Jaw dropping. That was a jaw dropping stunt. Yeah. So this lip pointing technique was taught at almost all of URC's locations, as it was simple and wasted the least amount of radium. And when America got involved in World War I in 1917, uh, radium dials were more important than ever to the soldiers in the fields and on the new machines of modern warfare. So the girls went into hyperdrive, cranking out more and more dials, lip pointing all the while. Ooh. So <laughs> this, this, you know, and this is just some of my own thoughts, but you know, in the book, Moore mentions a line from the playwright Bernard Shaw. Um, and the quote is, the gods of old are constantly demanding human sacrifices. And, you know, it just got me thinking of like how we in America kind of like what are our gods in America or, or in capitalist systems? Because um, at the time, other countries were using techniques and tools that limited the amount of radium exposure to their workers. Um, but here in America where money and capitalism kind of act as our gods, uh, USRC would gladly and reverently give them sacrifices. Ooh, and, it's all, that's all metropolis kind of shit that that like machine, yeah. you know, craves blood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause they knowingly put the dollar before the safety of these women. And I mean, even when they start dying, they still sacrifice them for the bottom line. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, it's incredible. Yeah, it's awful. So, yeah, Heather, you want to take us up into the roaring 20s? The good old <laughs> 1920s? <laughs> Come on, pancakes, let's go bunny hopping. <laughs> <laughs> I got my best girl. <laughs> <laughs> so as business went on, USCR and radium dial were booming. They had over a thousand women all over the East making dials. The girls in New Jersey were using a cheaper version of the paint that contained radium-228, which is the most harmful of the isotopic radium. By the 1920s, the girls who had already been working for the dial company for years began to feel the effects of the radium on their bodies. Radium enters your body and goes straight to your bones. It essentially tricks your body into thinking it's calcium. And there the radium resides slowly weakening and eating away at your bones, bearing holes in them. It weakens them so much that they begin to crumble at even the slightest touch. And, Ooh, you know, like, and that's, and that's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, like, just thinking about something being digested like calcium, so it, like, your body just sucks it up like a sponge because it thinks it's, it's good for it, so it's just, like, permeating every single bone tissue mm -hmm. it's like it's like some kind of chemical that single-handedly destroys your heart or your brain you know like something yeah. so yeah so I mean, I mean, imperative i mean it, it really it 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 kills you from the inside out but like the the most inside you you could get like in your bones yeah and they and, say uh, oh, oh go, go ahead, ahead. i was no, gonna no, say good. they say that bone pain is the most horrible unimaginable agonizing pain there is yeah i mean and you know they didn't really know at the time i mean because you know in the beginning we said 
radium is an alkaline earth metal, so is calcium. So that that's where that connection's important, right? So that's how radium mm-hmm. can trick your body into thinking that it's calcium. But uh, they didn't really know at first what it was doing because it actually did look like radium was actually beneficial because it did stimulate the bone marrow to produce more blood cells. But that's just like right on the onset, you know, after that, it's, it's a, it's just a, just a dive Because it probably down. is realized it's your immune system kicking in being like, what the fuck is doing this? You know, what is damaging it, me right ex- now? Exactly. Yeah. So they took it as a good thing, um, you know, without really looking further into it or, or at least, you know, ignoring the other signs. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yikes, you guys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so some girls would complain of tooth and gum problems. They would go to the dentist, and the doctor would remove a seemingly abscessed tooth, but the gums would not heal, even months after the operation. Jaw pain was another common feature of what would later be called radium poisoning. The jaw would begin to weaken so much that the girl's jaws would literally begin to disintegrate. The abscesses in the mouth and jaw would ooze pus almost constantly, giving off a foul odor and oozing into their mouths and throats. One woman's jaw was so painful and had deteriorated so much that she was able to reach into her mouth and pull out a piece of her jaw. Yeah. I mean, and that's another, like, Katie, you were talking about how bone pain is, like, some of the worst pain. It's, like, mm-hmm. think about, like, head, like, stuff on your head, too, or your face, you know? Like, how that just, like, because it's, it's up here with your with your brain. It just, like, how much that fuck, fucks you up. And, oh, yeah, like, that's probably unbearable. Just, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if some of these women actually, like, killed themselves from the pain, you know, to end she didn't, it. She didn't actually mention that at all, but I, I wouldn't have been surprised if there surprised. were cases. Dude, yeah. if I found myself without a jaw and I was slowly dying of, like, just being riddled with cancer, I'd probably kill myself. Absolutely. Yeah, she, she, she never mentioned any of the girls killing themselves, but she a lot of them did mention, like, I just kind of want to die. Yeah. Like, yes. Just, just, give just fucking get it, give it, just get it over with already. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, yeah, it's horrific. Just, <laughs> I mean, like, I would rather lose a leg than lose my jaw. I would rather be blind than lose my jaw. Yeah. yeah. Anything Absolutely. that, like, that getting sustenance in and stuff like that. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awful. So doctors and dentists were baffled by these symptoms and tried their best to diagnose them. But no one had heard of radium poisoning quite yet, nor were there tests for it. Doctors took blood from the girls and tested it, finding abnormalities, but not being able to make sense of them. Going on the only thing they knew of that was similar, they thought that maybe the girls had phosphorus mouth or fossy jaw, as it was known at the time. It was an ailment that was contracted by those who worked in match factories. They too suffered from horrible asses- mm-hmm. asses- abscesses. <laughs> abscesses. <laughs> <laughs> they too suffered from horrible abscesses in their mouths, which led to disfigurement of their face and even caused brain damage. I, I don't know if you did. You look up pictures of uh, people with fossy jaw. No, is it bad? Yeah. So it's like their whole jaw. The abscess is so big, it's like you, it's you, like you a see like, or something. Yeah, yeah. You see like how big this thing is. 
it's like could be like that yeah, big I saw that like photo. on their jaw I was yeah. just I was just thinking like the dentist is like you know going back to the radium girls like pulling out pieces of their jaw and being like eh. so have you have you been flossing <laughs> <laughs> so um you know do, do you guys have mouthwash or yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh <Ooh. laughs> so amelia molly magia began working for the company in 1917 she had gotten the job after her sister albina recommended her to apply like most of the girls in this story she was young lively and so thrilled to be working for such an interesting company and making great money for the time but also, like most of the girls, they did not know what other scientists knew about radium. The luminous paint the girls used had been created by Sabin von Zahosky. I don't know why I've tried to put the S in there. Because it feels good. It does feel good. Zahosky <laughs> <laughs> <Sosky> feels good. <laughs> the luminous paint the girls used had been created by Sabin von Zahosky, who everyone called the doctor. He had studied under the Curies and knew a great deal about radium and its dangers, even back in 1901. As Moore writes, quote, Von Sahaki understood that radium carried great dangers. Around the time he studied with the Curies, Pierre was heard to remark that he would not care to trust himself in a room with a kilo of pure radium, as it would burn all the skin off his body, destroy his eyesight, and probably kill him. The Curies by that time were intimately familiar with radium's hazards, having suffered many burns themselves. Radium could cure tumors, it was true, by destroying unhealthy tissue, but it was indiscriminating in its powers and could devastate healthy tissue too. Von Sahaki himself had suffered its silent and sinister wrath. Radium had gotten into his left index finger and, when he realized, he hacked the tip of it off. It now looked as though an animal had gnawed it, as Kate Moore says. Wait, 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 wait. So it got into his finger and he cut it off, like, right at that moment? No, it's it started to ulcerate, didn't it, Chris? Like, burn? Burn, like, yeah, and then I think he found out that it was, super, it was like, really cancerous, like, in this part. So then I think they just amputated it, yeah. or he requested that be amputated. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I know, I, I like to imagine him, too, just looking down and be like, ah, he grabs, like, a butcher knife. 20 days later style, <laughs> yeah, just, like, yeah. just not even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Von Sahaki had his lab workers in Orange, New Jersey, wear lead-lined aprons to protect themselves, as well as use ivory forceps to handle the material. Von Sahaki wrote in 1921 that, quote, only by taking the greatest precautions... Could anyone handle radium? Despite this knowledge, companies had told the general public that radium was not only safe, but had health benefits. It was the most wonderful miracle substance ever discovered. Dude, it's so funny because they really said shit like that. They're just like... Oh, yeah. Just, it's like God came down and, you know, like they, they'd say like heavenly and it always have all these oh, like yeah. other... Yeah, like old advertisements or just news in general was criminal. I mean, they just it's why we have regulations because you just cannot do that shit. And I mean, we think it's over the top sometimes, but no, you gotta know. 
And even now we still have to do our own research on things. You know? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody gives up. Fuck. We live or die. Nope. Mm -hmm. So with this said. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is no. <laughs> it is no surprise that the girls began getting sick. Molly Maggia's decline had started with pains in her mouth and teeth. This would become the calling card of radium poisoning. The dentist removed teeth, but her gums would just not heal. The dentist had thought it might be poria? Pura, por, peoria? <laughs> peoria? I thought pyoria? No, just kidding. <laughs> pyoria? It, it does look like pyoria. Okay, we'll That's go with it. That's when you have key lime pie from like a village in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pyoria it is. I, I feel like I've had pyoria once or twice. Oh, for, yeah. Yes. For fucking Perkins. Oh, well, yeah. should, it, should it be that green? <laughs> <laughs> That's the lime, baby. <laughs> so the dentist had thought it might be pyoria a common inflammatory disease which affects the gums. But she did not improve when he treated her. It was very painful for Molly and devastating to her as the doctor removed more of her teeth in an effort to cure her ailment. Or alignment? Oh, sorry, ailment. I That was just... <clears throat> oh, mi yeah. Mistyped, sorry. Yeah, just get you some braces there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right as rain. <laughs> so Molly kept on working through the pain, using the lip point technique. The state of her mouth had not only been painful, but her breath now had a foul odor that kept her from engaging in too many conversations. That wasn't the end of it. Molly began having pain in other totally unrelated places. As her sister Quinta recalled, quote, my sister began having trouble with her teeth and her jawbone and her hips and feet. We thought it was rheumatism. The doctor could only give her aspirin and send her on her way. Doctor, the dentist is all like, yeah, have you thought about whitening? <laughs> <laughs> Just anything horrible. Oh. I'm so sad. <laughs> Just gives her like, like the little kid bags with like a toothbrush yeah. and like a, a little toy. Lolly? Yeah. Here's the sugar-free gum. <laughs> that ought to do the trick. Yeah, there you go. It has radium in it. Yeah. Dr. Neff, a dentist who was seeing Molly, began to notice that anything he tried seemed to only worsen her condition. Her teeth and gums were worse, and so were the ulcers that produced the vile pus. It got so bad that he didn't even need to do surgery to extract the teeth. They just began coming out on their own. Molly, all the while, was in constant pain. Dude, and think about like how, like I mean, how devastating that is as like a, a like nineteen year old Ugh. girl. She know? was only nineteen. Oh I think that's like I think she was nineteen when she started with. Yeah, them. and I think um, she died. Or, she or was maybe twenty three when she died. Yeah, I think. something like that. Yeah, oh. it was somewhere around then. But I mean, just like. Yeah, dude. I mean, just imagine that, man. Like, you're, I mean, God, horrendous. it's just fucking. Yeah, it's fucking awful, oh, dude. Yeah, a lot of them died. And, like your mouth, your mouth has like pus. Yeah, they really did. A lot of them died oh, in their man. early twenties. It's so tragic. Yeah. So the doctors began to suspect that Molly might be suffering from syphilis. After all, she was a young. She's a slut. All I gotta say is those motherfuckers are lucky that syphilis is around to hide behind that shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So she was a young woman who was unmarried and not living in the family home. They tested her. So of course she's a <laughs> slut. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's just like, well, you're not like married yet or, or you know. Sleeping around. Or, or a nun. Ugh. Yeah, it's just, it's just oh like, of course that's got to be it. Ugh, yeah. you're, not only you're in agonizing pain, but people are accusing you of things. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, th- this part's actually really, it's going to be really tragic. So they tested her and it came back negative. Neff knew that something was attacking her from the inside, and it was not dissimilar to Fossey Jaw. Neff went to her place of work as he had a hunch about the radium paint. He asked for a sample to test, but was refused because the paint was a secret proprietary concoction and Radium Dial did not want to release that information. Whoa, bullshit, yeah. right? Bullshit mm-hmm. meter. I mean, that's where it starts, right? Because it's it's somebody's figuring some stuff out. Because they know like, it's dangerous. Yes. They, they definitely absolutely know. Meanwhile, Molly was still deteriorating. Literally. Her mouth and even the bones in her ear could be said to be one giant abscess. Like would, what would happen to so many others. When he prodded her mouth gently with his finger, her jawbone just broke. As Moore describes, quote, he then removed it, not by an operation, but merely by putting his fingers in her mouth and lifting it out. It's like, it's even hard to imagine that, right? Like, just like reaching. Because the skin has to rot too, or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's just, it's just rotting away. I mean, like, it must have been Through exposed like and holes, he just kind of like. Know, her teeth were probably mostly gone, so it was probably just. Yeah, I mean, the, her gums were probably just. I know. I heard that on that podcast today when I was trying to brush up on it. And I was just like, I think I said out loud, I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that's one, that was one of the most like horrific things that I heard in the story. I think it's just, I I just, it's even hard to like imagine it. I I guess I couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't picture it. No, I can't either. Like exactly how that would happen. It's her, that's horrendous. Yeah, Yeah, man. There's actually a photo of one of the young women without a jaw completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they did a, I don't know if it was a picture, an illustration of like what one of the jaws looked like when they got it. But I mean, I had it's always just... seen that image and I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it looks like somebody found like from the illustration, it looks like somebody found an ancient piece of a jawbone. It's just so deteriorated. Yeah. Makes and, my jaw and hurt. It has all these holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm. you guys (laughs) oh dude this is just this is all just a taste man (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) yeah (laughs) so Neff tested her for syphilis one more time as a last attempt at diagnosing her and it came back positive Neff was not a physician and didn't have much experience with the test but this seemed to him to finally be an explanation in those days Medical records were seldom shared across health providers, and sometimes not even to the patients themselves. Neff did not tell Molly of the results. But to Molly, this mysterious disease was ravaging her. And she was not the only girl beginning to suffer from similar symptoms. Other girls from the company were complaining of mouth troubles and body aches. Doctors were confused about the strange ailments affecting these young and otherwise healthy women. It got to the point where Neff would refuse to treat the girls unless they quit their jobs. He would not remove teeth for the radium workers because their problems only seemed to worsen after the extractions. 
1922, Molly's time had run out. The inf- This is so fucking awful. The infection spread to her throat and ate away at her jugular vein. As Moore says, quote, On September 12th at 5 p.m., her mouth was flooded with blood as she hemorrhaged so fast that Edith, a house nurse, could not staunch the blood. Her mouth, empty of teeth, empty of jawbone, empty of words, filled with blood instead, until it spilled over her lips and down her stricken, shaken face. It was too much. She died, her sister Quinta said, a painful and terrible death. She was just 24 years old. And that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And this was less than a year since her first symptoms. Yeah, and that's really the the crazy thing with with this with the poisoning is is you you never know how quickly or how slowly it's it's going to manifest itself. I mean, you know, like w- with one girl that we'll be getting into a lot more in part two, uh, Catherine Wolf. Yeah. Um, I mean her 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 deal was long and drawn out. Um, but then but when when it when it did start really happening, it happened really fast. Oh. Um, I need to rent a puppy. But that that girl held on, man. She held on. Yeah, Catherine Wolf is going to be a, a a really big part in part two. But yeah, man, she's uh, she's a fucking heartbreaker, but a badass yeah, dude. Yeah. When the family went to Doctor Neth Neff Neff. When the family went to Doctor Neff with the news, and for more information. He told them that she had died of syphilis, the final insult made to a woman who would have told them if she could that that was impossible. Was she a virgin or something? She wasn't a fucking slut. I mean, maybe she was. She actually, she might have been a virgin. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't have been weird. No. Um, Yeah. It's just like, she she just wasn't that kind of a girl. Um, She didn't go to places. Like I say. Just they are so lucky syphilis was around that they could hide behind that. Oh, I I bet while. you the if the company or maybe the company did know what the diagnosis was of her death, but they were probably like, yes, yes, yes. It's like, oh yeah, syphilis, syphilis does that, you know, because she's a dirty your, slut. It yeah, you, it makes your fucking face rot off, yeah. and your you know you get holes in your skull, your nose falls off. Sometimes yeah. I'm sure jaws fall off, like all kinds of things. Yeah, and it 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 wasn't like a a, a stupid thing to to think. You know, ob- yeah. you know, obviously, because there are some similarities, but I mean, man, I don't know. It's just it's just so horrible that, you know, after her death for decades or for I mean, not for decades, but for years after they thought that she died from syphilis. And so she had like this black mark on her reputation until we'll, we'll talk about it in part two. But until oh, so um, they, they realize what she really died from. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. yeah and her family thinks it's, you know. You know, and it's, it's, it's it's like, especially for back then or in general, like to be like a moral person and not do those kind of things and live your life a certain way. And like, that's like a value to you. And then that becomes a part of your legacy. That's horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. And well, a lot of these girls were uh, usually pretty religious. I mean, especially when we start talking about, uh, you know, in Illinois, it's a you know Ottawa Illinois. It's a really small town. Most of these girls are super Catholic, yeah. like Great very things. devout. Mm-hmm. So, also in 1922, 
The Radium Dial Company opened a studio in Ottawa, Illinois, and began hiring a new troupe of young girls and women to paint, to paint dials. After all, people in the Midwest didn't know of the troubles brewing in the East. The company set up in the old high school, and the girls, thrilled by the new and interesting work, lipped, dipped, and painted, just as they had been taught in New Jersey. Fuck, I One probably of these... would have done that job. Yeah, yeah. It's me not, I mean, it, it sounded sweet. Yeah, it sounded mm -hmm. pretty cool. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it like not not super difficult or, you know, and it paid fucking yeah. well, so I'd have been all over. Yeah, it. I mean, who 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 wouldn't have? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so that's why you, you can't you cannot blame, you know, like the the company would try to blame these girls um all the time for for various yeah. things, but like they are absolutely blameless in in this whole story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, one of these girls was 19-year-old Catherine Wolf. Like the other girls, she was excited for the new job opportunity, and the work was fun. The girls were encouraged to try out the paint on their fingers, and they would sometimes goof off and play around with the paint. And, they, you know, they loved, to, they loved how, like, their clothes glowed, and um, some would even wear their best dresses to work so that when they went out for the night for fun, uh, they would shine in these dark clubs. So like they just, they became like the talk and envy of the other women in the town. Um, they were even dubbed the ghost girls by uh local, by local people. Well, that, that name alone would have drawn me. I'd have been like, I'm there. I know. Okay. I get yeah. the paint in, in this oppressive society and I'm ghosty. Um, please. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So back in New Jersey, so many girls from the studio were becoming ill that connections were beginning to be made. Other dentists and doctors were starting to suspect that the girls' occupations um, were a probable cause for their illnesses. So the girls in the studio also began making some connections. One Dr. Allen thought that they were suffering from Fossey Jaw, and he asked that an an investigation be launched to find out what was in the paint and what the conditions of the studio were. So an inspector came to the orange factory and observed the girl's lip pointing. Uh, he asked the vice president of USRC, Harold Veit, about this, and he told the investigator that, quote, he has warned the girls time and time again of this dangerous practice, but he couldn't get them to stop. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, as Moore points out, the girls would have been shocked to hear this admission from Vite because no one had ever mentioned to them that lip pointing was dangerous. Oh, you think? God. <laughs> Only once did Von Sahaki make a comment to Grace Fryer, one of the orange girls, to not do that, as it would make her sick, but he gave no further explanation. And she actually would kind of forget about this um, encounter. Did she die? We'll hear a lot more about Grace yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't want to give so, anything away, but yeah. I just want to be... know real quick, just just so I can sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> did did were there women that like worked there for a little bit and didn't die? There are some women that worked there for a while, yeah, and they and they lived well into old age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they, they some would of sometimes... their bodies maybe handled it better, or they had different information, or they didn't want to do that. Sure, sure. I mean, and, and, you know, some of the women who were there for years and still live to be an older age, um, I mean, most of the time they would have some sort of health yeah. issue sure. tied back to it. But it just wouldn't, for some reason, it wouldn't uh, ravage their bodies to the point of, of killing them. 
Okay. Yeah. The inspector also noticed some of the girls limping, and one of these girls was Sarah Myleffer, a 33-year-old. Sarah was beginning to feel the effects of the radium in her body. She was more fatigued than usual, and the limp didn't help. But the company was so kind to her, as she says, quote, A foreman of the company even took her to and from work each day because of this trouble. So the paint was obtained finally and tested by a chemist named Dr. Martin Samatolsky. Even before running his test, Samatolsky made the connection with radium and thought it was likely that that was the culprit. He wrote on January 30th, 1923, quote, It is my belief that the serious condition of the jaw has been caused by the influence of radium. Finally. And this seemed like a, yeah, I know somebody's like, somebody fucking said it. You know, and and it seemed like a new radical idea at the time, but if one dug deep enough, they would find published articles about the dangers of radium. USRC itself had published articles about the potential risk of radium going back to 1906. Despite this, all anyone out of these small scientific and business circles knew was what was being propagated in the news and advertisements, that radium was good and a positive substance. Moore points out that specialists in 1914 knew that radium could change one's own blood and that it deposited in the bones. But they they misinterpreted the results, possibly on purpose, to take this as being a good thing. That it deposited in the bones and simulated the marrow, uh, which produced more red blood cells. So at first, you know, kind of like I said earlier, it did seem like it was doing good um, until the radium began to eat away at the bones. But it seems the company suppressed their negative studies and might have paid other publishers to only put out the positive reports. So despite opposition from the company and others in the medical community, he maintained that radium was dangerous and should be held with extreme caution. But the company didn't feel the same and did not employ further safety precautions. I'm so shocked. They're such stand-up people. How could they do this? So another of the girls, Irene Rudolph, began to see her health decline as well. She was experiencing the sores, ulcers, extreme fatigue, and pain that Molly had suffered. And she wasn't the only one. George Willis, one of the founders of the manufacturing company with Fonz Sahaki, was also showing signs. He had been ousted from the company, where he had carelessly carried tubes of radium with his bare hands for years. And because of this li- the because of the long half-life of radium, it was a slow burn for him. He had to amputate his thumb, and when he tested it, it was extremely cancerous. And he too tried to raise the alarm about the dangers of radium exposure, but he was ignored and suppressed because he wasn't part of the company anymore. So they're like, "Well, why are you listen to this guy? Like he he was fired." Uh. When Samotolsky completed his tests in April 1923, he wrote, quote, I feel quite sure that the opinion expressed in my former letter is correct. Such trouble as may have been caused is due to radium. And even Samotolsky couldn't predict how much trouble and tragedy would come next. And yeah, that's where we'll leave off for now. Uh, this you know episode was really about setting things up and just a little taste of what's to come. So... Please listen for part two when the horror truly begins. Oh my God, no. It's so, <laughs> so, so, so bad. So sad. I, 
I know I like want to talk more about it, but I don't want to give anything away because it's <laughs> like it's it's the it's it's like tragic, awful, infuriating. But there's also going to be these moments of like triumph and like fuck yeah, yes, k- yes. kind of justice. kind of justice in a way. I I never really felt like justice was totally served, but oh, of course you know, not. Yeah. I mean. But there yeah. were some some wins for for some of yes. the women, but I mean, not and, only and, were, and I guess for the future. Not only were they criminals for you know causing this to people, but they were women, you know. Of yes, course. we all know how that goes. Yeah, <sighs> they just got the right to vote. I mean, yeah, Christ, yeah. Of course, they're not going to listen to women. <laughs> yeah, they were, and they were super young at that. So I mean, even more so. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, for things. I know. Yeah, I mean, like, if the company would just constantly, like, even when the women started confronting um, the company about it, I mean, they would just constantly basically, I mean, talk talk them down or talk down to them. And, and a lot of the girls would walk away feeling like, oh, I, I feel so silly and foolish, you know. Absolutely. Because you have all these guys ganging up yeah. on them, like all these big business guys. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's fucked, dude. Yeah. I mean, up until the 50s even, like, women that w- were outspoken and stuff like that other women would feel bad for their husbands or something you yeah know? it was just just crazy like that mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah i don't want to give anything else away so we'll yeah. leave it at that for now <laughs> um but yeah next episode's gonna be real intense. yeah we'll talk about the court cases and um you know more Some destruction players yeah Mm-hmm. So have some puppy videos ready or kitty videos. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a doozy, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a wake of broken lives and families, and mm-hmm. you know, and a bunch of. I mean, it's like what you imagine, like evil billionaires, just like on piles of money, just like. Oh, <laughs> just, oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And you know, a terrible takeaway for this is like I was thinking. Gosh, it would be really cool to be a radium girl for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, represent it's horrendous. It's, yeah, you know. yeah, it, it really is. It's it's fucking. But hard. Yeah. there's just so so it was like the costume of Marie Antoinette with the you know cut True. off head like that. That's horrible. But yeah, like yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's like the horrors of monarchy, and this is like the horrors of capitalism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Those poor girls. So I guess we should yeah. do socials. Uh, so you can follow us. God, yeah, I just don't have anything funny for I this I kind of just want to crawl under a rock and never look at social media again and just yeah, cry. Yeah, I, I really haven't been this troubled by something that yeah, we've so researched or, or that I've even studied in, in a, a really yeah, long time. It's just horrendous. It really, it's like a very visceral emotionally taxing it is. story uh, when you get in, when you get into the details and like especially yeah. of who the girls were and from their perspective it's it's yeah the poor innocent babies yeah they and they really are just innocent so you can follow us on <laughs> facebook at under the <laughs> you can follow us on facebook at under the pendulum podcast on instagram at under pendulum podcast on Twitter at Pendulum on Pendulum underscore pod. And you can find all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Okay, I'm just going to give up. Podbean, Google <laughs> Podcasts, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. 
You can find me, Heather, on Facebook, Heather Thomas, Instagram, h.n.thomas, Twitter at Heather W. Thomas, and you can hear some of my narrations on creepy tales to terrify pseudopod and chilling tales for dark nights. And you can find me on WebMD under <laughs> Caitlin Marie WebMD. <laughs> MD. <laughs> Extra super doctor. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram for uh, Frothy Star Dog. And you can find me on Instagram uh, by searching for uh, Christopher Weber 13V and on Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber. Good luck. Really close to fucking that up again. <laughs> Don't forget to, you know, don't forget to floss everybody. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you make sure you floss. Um, don't ingest. Don't paint. lick your clocks. Nope. You never know. Well, yeah. I mean, I I was gonna say earlier, but it, it is common practice sometimes, depending on how safe the paint is, to quickly do that if you have to. Yeah. You know. I guess. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Like water soluble things, and but still, yeah, you can't get like just you know no. There's nothing that. better than <laughs> that to get a a. A tip yeah. that you want, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but at the end of the day, it's, know your paints. Yeah. Know your paints, and you probably shouldn't do probably it. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back with part two, so we'll see you next time. See you next time. Love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.